Hi everyone, I'm Joanna. And I'm Jenny. And this is Hyphenated, the podcast about living in the hyphen. Well, I was actually shocked, Joanna, that you wanted to talk about the city that I was born and raised in. Jenny, I am just absolutely fascinated and have always been weirdly fascinated with Miami. I've been going to Miami ever since I was a kid because I have so much family there and now so many friends of mine live there. And every time I land, I'm always like, am I in some like magical realism place? Like everything from the art deco to the eternal highways to then the mixed of cultures to the the weird voodoo references. Like it is a place that I just can't wrap my head around. I mean, I lived there for 28 years and I still can't wrap my head around it. (laughs) I still can't properly explain it to people who think they know what Miami is. People that have either never visited or people who have only visited the South Beach portion. Right. Like there's the spring break Miami that we saw on MTV, right? (laughs) Yeah. And that's and, and that's the reality is when most people vacation there, it is along the beach. It's no one's going to fucking Westchester or Kendall to vacation. So, yeah. (laughs) But now we're seeing a lot in the media this new surgence of having Miami be the backdrop of a lot of stories we have on Netflix, Cooking Cowboys, um, the documentary, The Last Resort. I mean, this was a while ago, but even GTA, Vice City. Well, there's a Hugh Jackman movie that's coming out this year that's set in the future in Miami, which is a little terrifying because apparently some of it is underwater. I mean, Miami is a place that I think people are fascinated by and they're fascinated by the stories of Miami but also as a place like a breeding ground for the absurd it's I feel like Miami is a hyphenated city if I've ever seen one absolutely like it is all of the things it's it's a bizarre I always feel like Miami is yes it is a very American and Latin American place you have the Latino culture but then you have strip malls it's like this bizarre <laughs> uh, like Capitalism. You have these crazy malls with a bunch of air conditioning, but then you have these little areperas right next to it. It feels like a place that is still figuring out what it is with all of the ingredients that's in it. It's interesting that it's still trying to figure out what it is because it's been around for like 100 years. But a hundred years for a city is like nothing. Like, like Miami is a teenager. Oh, it definitely is. If you look and compare it to other, like, I mean, Paris has been around for fucking forever. They got their (laughs) shit down. Okay. They know what they are. Well, that's why they're so confident. They're so They're so confident. I mean, New York's been around for a significantly longer amount of time. Miami is just sort of this teenager. And it's, it's still, I feel like it's going through its... Uh, puberty, my, like awkward phase. My, Miami is going through puberty still. So it's like a it's, preteen. <laughs> it's. I think. I think it went through a crazy preteen phase, like in the seventies and eighties, and now it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm in college now. Let me figure out who I am. <laughs> what is my identity? Uh, Miami, I think, is going through an identity crisis. Like, I think it knows, like we do, the parts of itself, but then how it all mixes together is always confusing. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about this before, but in the 28 years that I lived there, I never felt like I fit in entirely. So I think that for me, I I wanted to understand this weird, bizarre teenage city. And Jenny, I went through a rabbit hole. (laughs) Um, What did you discover? I've discovered so much. 
a lot of my impetus for figuring a lot of this stuff out is because I'm consuming a lot of this content that now has become universalized like cocaine cowboys. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that I have a lot of family there and then my brother moved there and has a theater there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of his theater productions are based in the history and culture of Miami. And he is fascinated by it to the point where he's just in shock that there isn't more. Mm. And so... Uh, sort of as a way to prove to my brother that I am as smart as him because that's something that I'm I've been struggling with my whole life but also <laughs> because I'm just fascinated by it I've been doing research for like quite some time and I don't know how the education was in your school system about your city but I can give you zip. a spark notes version zip <laughs> I not not at all sorry King's Christian School and St. Brendan High I learned absolutely nothing about my city they cared more about us um doing communion the right way then they put um any any kind of emphasis on the history of miami we had none of that i none zero well to be fair i don't think a lot of people learn about the history of miami because it's not seen as historical it's almost seen as like modern it's Maybe. seen as new could be you know so just even the birth of miami was ridiculous okay <laughs> You had Julia Tuttle, okay, she was an American businesswoman who owned, like, a shit ton of land in Miami. And she basically tried to convince this railroad guy called Henry Flagler, okay? (laughs) And she was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta come, please just build a railroad to Florida, to Miami, because I know a lot of the crops everywhere in the States are, like, dying, but here in Florida, oh my god, no crops are dying, please build a railroad. Please, I beg you, connect us to the rest of the United States. And... Henry Flagler was like, yeah, great. I'm going to build a railroad there. I'm also going to build a resort because I want to vacation there. So just from its birth, Miami was a resort town. It was born and it's like the first thing there, boop, resort. So an interesting thing about Miami, of all places, is that it's the only major American city founded by a woman. I mean, that's mind blowing right there. I know. She's just like, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And she did it. This woman couldn't vote. And she was like, I'm founding a city. Like, what a fucking bamf. (laughs) (laughs) Bamf! So after this, like in the early 1900s, Miami Beach was just developed as a beach resort. And it was sort of like this Atlantic City style playground and like retreat for wealthy people. uh, Mostly because the whole agriculture thing that Tuttle said just never worked out. So it just became like this bit of a hedonistic, chill vacation spot for like rich people. Makes sense. (laughs) <laughs> Makes sense. There we go. Yes. It's like, it's like you're, you know, when you know a friend for a while and then you meet their parents and you're uh, like, oh my God, I understand why you are how you are. This is what <laughs> this feels like to me. <laughs> like, I understand why Miami is the way it is and why Papi Chulos around the city are driving like beamers and they come <laughs> home to their efficiency. Well, it, it was like a lot of money came in and a lot of people with money came in. And so in the 1920s, like, the amount of construction was like insane, which is funny because now when I go to Miami, every time I go, I'm like, why are there 17 new buildings in this one street? <laughs> that and also Miami's perpetually in construction. Like that's that's like an inside joke amongst the locals. Oh, yeah. Like in L.A., when I see something going under construction a year later, I'm like, wow, look at what they did. It's done. Wow. Miami, every time I visit, I'm like. I cannot believe they're still working on this. Mm. God help me. (laughs) Always a work in progress. Always a work in progress. (laughs) 
so there you have Miami vacation spot for the elite also like a huge retirement place for like older people like you'd walk down Miami Beach um, in the 50s and 60s and the average age was like 102 Um, (laughs) but then in the 1960s was this huge exodus of Cubans from Cuba obviously Miami is right next to Cuba so the most logical place for Cubans to escape to from a a increasingly more dictatorial regime is like oh yeah let me just like fucking cross 90 miles and mm-hmm. get there mm-hmm. so you have this like influx of cuban immigration and like what i've noticed is yes like miami is an insane melting pot with haitian immigration being an important part with all other types of latin american immigration being an important part but like cubans make up 34 percent of miami Yes, 70% is Hispanic and Latino, but almost half of that is Cuban. It was just like this boom of of Cuban immigrants in a very short period of time that sort of revolutionized this place to have that sort of Cuban-American feeling to it. This, This cultural, this culture, it's not only people, it was like cultural influx, you know? So Cuba is intrinsic in part of Miami's culture. I don't know how you... I, every time I go there, I feel like I just assume everyone is Cuban. That's just how I function in mm. Miami. Yeah, I can understand why people think it's just 99.9% Cuban, which is obviously not <laughs> true. But even like the whitest people there have a Miami accent. Mm. And you would think that they could possibly be Cuban because, again, Latinos look like anybody. Um, so even if you've got like someone, like a ginger... <laughs> like they Jenny, you forget I'm a ginger every time we talk but a what that's what I'm saying like you have but I'm talking about actual like American gingers you can have like the most American looking person yeah and have no Hispanic background and they'll sound Cuban that's mm-hmm. it just it's just become like the main accent of the city pero like pero like and every time I meet someone new I'm like when did you get here and how So, yeah, my grandparents on both sides came to the States in the late 60s via the Freedom Flights. Mm -hmm. My dad's side is a little more complicated because they went to Miami, then to L.A., then back to Miami. But but their first spot was Miami. Like, they landed in Miami. Yeah, I believe so, but not for long. I think because my dad, a lot of my dad's childhood was in California. Mm. And then because there's a lot of L.A. Cubans as well. And then Jersey Cubans. So there's like different pinpoints throughout the states where a lot of them assimilated and, and moved to. Obviously, Miami's the number one because, duh, uh-huh. again, it's right there. But I think even back then, the reason why my grandparents just never bothered even learning English was because Miami was a very easy place to assimilate to mm-hmm. um, versus if they had moved to like, I don't know. Oregon like you know well isn't Spanish like an official language in Miami I it's like the primary like this might not be a statistical fact or anything but as someone who lived there and worked various customer service jobs across the entire city from Miami Beach to Homestead I can attest to the fact that the number one spoken language is Spanish like you go through a drive-thru for a restaurant you go anywhere And I would say seven out of 10 times, eight out of 10 times, the employees there mainly speak Spanish. They have a hard time speaking English. And if you do not speak Spanish to them, they judge you for it. I just looked the statistics, Jenny. You were right. Because 60% of Miami's 
population speak Spanish. Yeah. That's a majority. Makes complete freaking sense. I'm I'm so grateful that I learned Spanish. Like Spanish was my first language and then I learned English in school. But if it wasn't for Spanish, first of all, I wouldn't have the career that I have. Second of all, I would have just freaking struggled so much. Language says so much about a place. And I think it's very interesting that one, 60% of Miami's population speaks Spanish. But two, the English for Miami is distinctly <laughs> different. Oh, yeah. We have our sound- own words that we made up. You sound super Miami. Like yeah. when you when you want to when you just let go. Well, I can I can really let go, and then it's way more intense. Um, Which I'm sure if a linguist came and like talked to us, they'd be like, "Yeah, that is specifically the the way that Cuban and, and Spanish has like influenced and infused itself with English." Which is like Argentinian Spanish sounds Italian because of the amount of Italian immigrants that arrived to Argentina. Like it isn't. It makes sense. The mind, you know, it isn't like a like a miracle. It's like it's just yeah. the fusion of different cultures and stuff. But no one's afraid to be themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like being proud of your culture and and speaking the language and whatnot, like no one gives a fuck over there. Which uh, why it that's why it was so interesting for me when I moved to Los Angeles and made friends with a lot of Mexican people my age, and it was astonishing. The amount of Mexican friends I have whose parents purposely did not teach them Spanish mm-hmm. or other Latino friends that I have out here in L.A. that are Colombian or Venezuelan or Peruvian. And they were raised in various parts of the U.S. that aren't very Latino heavy. So their parents were like, nope, you're learning English and English only. Right. So much of of the process of assimilation for Latinos in other places and of, and of other ethnicities and countries of other places is wanting to mix in with the culture and not stand out. Yeah. But in a place like Miami, that is so inherently Latin. Like it is for me, <laughs> I, I've said this so many times on this podcast, but Miami is the closest you get to the United States. Cause it's yeah. like, it just doesn't feel like it's in the United States. It feels like something completely different. And there's other cities that give me that vibe. Like in New Orleans, I was like, wow, I really do feel that this place was mm. under French control and then it was under Spanish control and then it became part of the U.S. Like, I feel that. I went to Las Vegas and I'm like, this place feels like it was made for casinos. It doesn't feel like a place that people came with their Oregon Trail and were like, oh, I'm going to build up a city here in the desert. No, this feels like a place that m- made itself around a certain thing. And I, I feel like Miami has a lot of uh, similarities to some of those places in that it just feels different. Like I'm from New York. I go to Philadelphia and it feels like the suburb of New York. I go to Boston and it just feels like a cleaner New York. Like, you know what I mean? There's yeah. like, yes, it's very different culturally, whatever, but, but it kind of, uh, it's the same essence. Miami has this completely different sazón. I think Miami is like the hot cousin who is younger than everyone else and loves to party and is smart, but is like trying to figure themselves out and is just unrelentingly proud of who they are <laughs> versus like, oh, the, his- the, the family history. What is the family history? Like, I feel like so much of so many other U.S. cities are like the Constitution was signed here. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's and very then, historical, like, from an American standpoint. But yeah. Miami's very, like, here's where Juan Ponce de Leon took a piss. Yeah. And, like, oh, Versace was murdered here. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like a Miami is a lot of things, obviously. But I do believe that there's a certain era in Miami's history that has everyone 
obsessed with. It's like it's like when Britney Spears went crazy and shaved her head and everyone keeps talking about it and it's been like forever. That's like the 70s and 80s for Miami, I feel. Like that's when the cocaine cowboys happened. That's when Miami became the murder capital of of the US. That's when Pablo Escobar was exporting cocaine from Medellin into Miami. It it became like a hedonistic they they called it like cocaine cowboys because it had lawlessness like the Wild West and it was just a complete disaster in many ways it was murder it was drugs it was like this that and the other but a lot of what like came out of it that is still around today is this clubbing culture like clubbing culture was literally invented in Miami the concept of a bottle service was invented in Miami the Cosmo drink which I thought was Carrie Bradshaw like New York (laughs) drink the Cosmo was invented in Miami and that is a lot of it's appeal. That's what a lot of people travel to Miami to do. So although it like left behind this murder reputation, you know, some of that, that lingering hedonism sort of stayed. But I think a lot of people are like enamored in this weird way, like sadistic way with this like dark time in Miami culture. I don't know if your family lived through it, I'm, like, so curious, like, what it was for normal people, like, driving to school. Normal people? Yeah. Um, not like, you know, I have a 500-foot yacht because I, you know, smuggled cocaine in from a cartel. Like, that's not a normal person in Miami. But that's what people assume Miami was. Look, uh, I'm going to be completely honest and transparent. Even when I was in my Catholic private school, there were kids who got expelled for having cocaine in their, um, in their lockers. There were times that they had to bring drug dogs in to sniff out lockers. Like, I knew people in my school whose dads were in jail for drugs. So the truth of the matter is, it's still very much a part of the culture. Mm -hmm. I remember so many girls in my grade trying to lose weight because of cocaine. I had a friend who had a heart attack because of cocaine. We were juniors in high school. And then, yeah, she had a heart attack. And thank God she's, she's still here today. But... She had a heart attack due to a cocaine overdose. And it's just, um, I don't know. I've always been straight edge, so I have no idea. Like, I've never been around anyone who's actually s- snorted cocaine in front of me. I've, I've stayed very far away from that my whole life. Like, I will say I was very much a part of the club scene in Miami, but in the most, like, basic and innocent of ways, because, again, I don't drink, so... I would go to clubs and I would dance my ass off and then I'd go home at a reasonable, like reasonable in Miami's like 2 a.m. going home. The partying does not stop. So like there were times that let's say I had to go to the beach early in the morning for like a shoot or an actual just beach day. I would see women stumbling barefoot along dirty ass South Beach <laughs> holding their heels, wobbling around because they just got out of a club at like okay, 5 a.m. Okay, if this was 2008, March of 2008, one of those people might have been me. Okay? Okay. I'll say it. That, well, there we go. In Miami, shit's open all the time. Like 24-hour Taco Bells, Walmarts, Kinko's. Fuck, everything's 24. Everything's a fucking party. Even when you're getting copies done of your book report. Like, it's just like, you know? 
Well, I think it's interesting because I feel like, so we've talked about the birth of Miami being this resort town. And I feel like the birth of Miami being a resort town, you know, sticks around to what it is. It's still a place people go to vacation. People go to experience, you know, clubbing and yachting and this, that, like it, 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 it has that semblance of its past, but then it's so weird. Cause then you have this influx of people leaving their countries to, to live a dream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you have the immigrants, you have the Haitians, you have the Cubans, you have the Venezuelans, you have the Central Americans, you have this merge and mix of people wanting a better life, honestly, mixed with this culture of hedonism. So it's like, (laughs) you know, you have people seeking a dream and then you have people seeking a dream during spring break. Like, it is people seeking a dream. (laughs) Like, But they party, that's all. It's a city (laughs) where you party more than you work. I really Ooh. do believe, I feel like Miami culture is living for the weekend. I just remember that so distinctly. Like when I was in my 20s and I had like a regular ass little caquita job and all my coworkers were like, I can't wait for Friday. Like they would just live for the weekend and then they would go back to their regular nine to five and then back to partying. Like there was no lounging around on weekends that was almost unheard of it was almost a mortal sin to do nothing on the weekends like you Mm -hmm. had to go party or una pachanga in some way or another every weekend someone was throwing a party in some house there was always a dj who would come you know and again dj culture was really is really 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 big in miami like almost everyone i knew in that town was a fucking club promoter (laughs) with their little flyers Yo, all my friends that went to University of Miami from Caracas, like all of them oh, became of course. club promoters for like oh, a semester. Like, they were oh, like, not, yeah, I'm a club I'm, promoter now. I'm not surprised. That was like a rite of passage in Miami. Like you had to like become a DJ or a club promoter. It's nonstop over there. I mean, again, Miami is a city that even throws parties when there's a category five hurricane on its goddamn way. Right. Literally like this death ball of rain and thunder and wind gusts is like coming and everyone's at a fucking Flanagan's <laughs> getting drunk and partying and like there's literally things called hurricane parties. Oh no. Everywhere else in the US there's a hurricane coming everyone's like oh shit like we gotta take this Miami olvídate. So you can only imagine how Miami handled COVID. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I actually had to go to Miami for 24 hours, like during COVID because of work. It was I was so scared. And as I was driving from the airport, I, I saw people like standing in lines. And I was like, oh, my God, is this to like get tested? Because that's what was happening in New York. Like everyone oh, was like cute. waiting in lines that's to really get tested. Cute. And they're like, no, that's for a club. I'm like, bro, I don't care. I know. <laughs> the fuck? They, partying is life. It is in their veins. Even as a kid, I remember being 10. And they would have Power 96 DJs freaking spinning at a kid's roller rink. Okay? Even we were going hard as kids. Like, it's just ingrained in us to party. You know, one of the things that I find really interesting is I have a friend that moved there. And uh, she was struggling a lot uh, economically. She was living with an aunt. It was just like really, really hard. I felt so bad for her. Someone had stolen a bunch of money from her. And we hung out at a cafe and then we stepped out and I'm waiting for my Uber and she goes into a Mercedes Benz. And I'm like, oh, 
And she's like, yeah, oh my God, can you believe my husband got it for me for my birthday? And I was like, I am so confused by this. But then I started thinking and I'm like, well, this is someone that has been struggling, right? And she's arrived to America. And everyone is always sold on this concept of the American dream. And Miami is sort of a place where this American dream was taken to like a hyperbolic extreme, you know, like (laughs) yachts and this, like during the seventies and eighties, it was just like the American dream was so absurdly unattainable. It was so luxurious. It was so, it was, it was fed by the drug trade that, you know, I think some of that remnants is seen now where people feel like they need to show that they're okay economically. Mm -hmm. Like they want to show that they're okay. And I do feel like, it does come from a place of desiring to be perceived as succeeding, which is so yeah. natural for people. Um, I just find it interesting the way that it is it is shown by, with my friends and, and some of my family in Miami versus yeah. other places. Uh, yeah. I mean, I feel Big like time. Su- succeeding in New York is just paying your rent. <laughs> Same in LA. Succeeding here is fuck you you can own a place you've won the lottery of life you know and it's I'll like i'll never forget when i got a washer dryer in my apartment oh i mean and i was like i woo, i made it i made you it made and it. then my i made it and then my friends from miami are like so like where's your car i'm like i don't have one i take public transportation <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you um that is it, it it's it's funny because in miami i had so much pressure put upon me as a woman <laughs> to be on 24-7. I remember in high school, I would go bowling with some girlfriends and like some of them would go dressed like they were going to fucking club space with little taconcitos and a mini skirt and a little push-up bra to go bowling, bro. You're about to put on these ugly ass clown shoes with your fucking clubbing outfit to roll a fucking ball down and like... That is Miami culture. Like, I couldn't go to the mall without dressing nice because you're going to bump into, like, Marie Lacy's, who's always looking like a million dollars. Everything has to be pristine. In high school, it was all about who had the designer bags and who had the fakes, who had the this, who had the that, who had that mansion and the yacht parties and, you know, all this shit. And I grew up, you know, low middle class. I, till this day, I don't own a designer bag. Um, <laughs> so I imagine being a young woman growing up in a city where your looks and the material things you owned mattered more than anything, mattered more than what you achieved in life. Yeah, I always, I just feel like Miami has these two portrayals. One is this like beautiful, perfect vacation land <laughs> with bikinis and yachts and ferraris um and then and 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 all of that all of what that entails but then you have like this story of a really diverse melting pot of all of the cultures you can imagine and it feels right now like it's trying to shake itself out and off of its previous um reputation and i think that there's people wanting to go there to make it known for something else theater directors and and chefs and this and that like just trying to reflect the melting pot versus the the stereotype of what it is like Miami sort of lives up to its stereotype sometimes but I think it's it's a place with so much potential because of of all of the things and elements that are there already the way you described Miami just now is the way I wish 
media portrayed it. Because I think media likes to go with just one angle of Miami, which is cocaine and lavish hotels and brickle and murder dramas. And it's like, I'm fucking tired of it. It's it's played out. It's not all that we are. And Miami has like a, a lot of freaking people like me who feel like we don't fully belong, but we're, we're there and, and there's a lot of us, but we don't ever see that in media. It's always the same crap. I remember when I was an extra on Burn Notice and Dexter and they always put me in the tackiest, most revealing wardrobe because like that's how media views Miamians, like these like tacky club goers with titty tassels. And I'm just like, we are more than this. I think the movie that for me just showed what like artistic capacity Miami had is Moonlight. Mm-hmm. And Moonlight, this is a fun fact, the world premiere was at my brother's theater because the creators of, and the director wanted the premiere to be in Miami where yeah. this story was told, which the story is gritty and real and prob- it shows the problems of its society. It isn't this like pristine, perfect, you know, shiny little fucking yeah like everyone's rich and exactly i'm tired of that that's like the same narrative moonlight is a fantastic example of telling stories that pertain to miami that show a different side of miami and a very real side of miami it's not the same crap over and over again and i think that's why so many people have the wrong idea of the city and how truly eclectic and strange it really is and even with my work I'm constantly pushing for all of my stuff, whether it's animation or live action, I'm constantly pushing that the location be in Miami. And you'd be surprised how hard it is to sell a show that takes place in Miami for some reason. And it's hard because you you can't even explain it. You'd have to have lived there for them to be convinced like, oh, you're right. This is a wacky city. We should definitely highlight it. I'm sorry. Like, I love New York City, but goddamn. Yeah. We've gotten so many New York City stories and and I'm just like can we please do more with Miami and and diversify the stories of Miami and not it be again a fucking lavish hotel and a bunch of women that look like Saulo Gigante models that shit's whack already I'm tired you know, I think a lot of maturing is looking at yourself and seeing that your faults are part of who you are and how your imperfections make you who you are. And I feel like Miami, as a teenager, is ignoring the faults a little bit. Or or maybe it's getting out of this phase where it mm-hmm. wants to be this this beautiful, perfect place. But there's like a seedy underbelly. There's problems. There's a lot of... Like any city. And I think that it is now... It's like this new era i think miami just got out of college and (laughs) you know and they're like actually these parts of the city are what we are and i think that that is the new era that hopefully it's moving towards so joanna i have a miami word for you please i want you to try to guess okay oh my god (laughs) Ah, all right sawesera sawesera yeah sawesera Hint here, Spanglish. Sawesera. Okay, what does it sound like in English? Sour sauce. Is it <laughs> is it sour cream or something? No. Is it a type of rain? Nope. Sawesera. Sour. Southwest. Southwest. It's something yes. that's kind of southwest. Are you fucking kidding yeah. me right now? Really? <laughs> sawesera is. What does? Are you serious? It encompasses like Westchester. 
Olympia Heights, to Miami, that kind of area. Basically where I was raised. Where I was raised is considered La Sauesera. Oh my God. That's the most Miami thing I've ever heard. Southwest. Sauesera. Southwest. I feel like Miami does the opposite of LA. You have Los Feliz and Los Angeles. And, oh yeah, everything's you know, Americanized. Sienega. And then Miami is like, <laughs> You know, 